0: Welcome back. We are back for a very exciting Fantasy 40 podcast that brought to you, of course, as always, by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Um we were gonna come in here and do our post draft rookie rankings, but we decided instead to kind of discuss the draft, how things went, how we think it affected everybody. Maybe we will sell each other on some guys we weren't as high on that could affect our rankings or shit on somebody enough that we decide to drop them down. So this should be fun. Just kind of a recap of the draft impact on Dynasty and Dynasty rankings. And then uh, next week, we'll be back here with our updated post-draft rankings. Walk, how are you and where you want to start? Listen, I'm I'm doing great. I'm I'm knee deep in rookie drafts right now, which
1: is why I was pushing the narrative of let's get some rankings out there for the people. But you know, you're gonna glean a lot of information from just how we talk today. But letting letting the dust settle a little bit, there's there's some value in that. I mean, even with additional information, right? Like Mike Davis being released, like now all of a sudden everyone's sucking off Big ass Tyler Algier. You know, like, sure, it increases his value, but I mean, that dude's still just a plotter on a bad offense, you know, that's going to have to contend with Carter L. Patterson. So let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit there. Sure, he's he's draftable, but I mean, he's third round draftable. And just because this class isn't all bells and whistles, but, um, We just said, let's let's rock through some of the notable names where they ended up and, you know, just first thoughts on these players. And why not just start at the top with quarterback, which was I've never seen anything like it. I mean, (laughs) the NFL has never (laughs) sold a position group to go fuck themselves any harder than they did these quarterbacks. And we all knew it was a down class, but no one I, I no one knew. But the NFL was just boycotting the quarterback position this year, and and that's ultimately what they did. I mean, Kenny Pickett, the Steelers just stay put and then take the old Patriots getting Mac Jones move, knowing that no one wanted quarterback, right? And like, no, we're not going to trade up. We're just going to sit at 20, and if Pickett's there, we'll take him. So they get Pickett, which makes a ton of sense. The kid went to Pittsburgh, if anyone knows Kenny Pickett. And, you know, it's the Steelers. So they had to be super comfortable with this kid. Yeah. I mean, in the the same building every day, you know, watching him.
0: (laughs) He knows the coaching. He literally knows the coaches.
1: Yes. He he (laughs) literally, he knows his way around the stadium. You know, like the kid is just sure, you know, redshirt senior season, stayed around one more year, got the first round capital. He's clearly the QB one in in this draft class in, in super flex leagues. I think comfortable mid to late first round pick on him in super flex drafts but I don't know there's a lot to talk about with Pickett you know they they you know we'll probably get into like the players that they picked around him I just I like what the Steelers did to try and really give Pickett the chance to succeed but we'll we'll discuss that when we we get into the wide receivers and the like but the third round then hit in the NFL drafts because none of these guys got taken in the second. And I just put a tweet out there saying, I-, I don't see how three, if not four, of these guys don't get picked in like a seven pick set in the second round where Detroit was sitting there, yeah. Atlanta was yeah. sitting there, the Colts were sitting there, Seattle was sitting there, and there was trade outs. There was just Seattle saying a thumb in their nose at the quarterback position entirely and drafting a running back in Kenneth Walker. Like this, once that happened, I'm like, wow. These guys are almost worthless. Like the value has, has plummeted. And now in the third round, Desmond Ritter goes 310 to the Falcons. Matt Corral, or sorry, then Willis goes 322 to the Titans. Matt Corral goes 330 to the Carolina Panthers. All decent landing spots in my opinion, but we're talking third round picks at this point. I mean, this isn't, this isn't a sure thing. I mean, these guys aren't Russell Wilson. And that's literally the only third round pick I can think of that ended up being worth a shit. Um, so in the NFL.
0: The the thing that you unintentionally touched on here that I, I'm, I'm trying to get the approval from my bosses at DLF to actually write about this. <laughs> <laughs> All the teams you mentioned were teams we knew going into this draft needed quarterbacks. So more or less, everybody had Pickett, Ritter, Willis, Coral, and Howell going to some combination of Pittsburgh, Atlanta, those guys, <laughs> Panthers, Commanders, Titans. You know, we threw it out there in conversations that maybe they could get somebody to replace Tannehill, but that wasn't necessarily one of the hot spots. Whereas Detroit and C- um, Seattle were, but other than that, all these guys landed more or less where we thought they were going to land coming into this. The only thing that's different is the draft capital, and I know it makes. I know it makes sense like in a normal year on paper, but with it being a down year and these teams all kind of, I think it was kind of, they played a game of chicken, right? And and like you said, I thought they were going to go in a big group once the next guy went, but that didn't happen. But I think teams were able to just kick the can down the road and be like, well, nobody else is interested. This other guy's higher on our board. Maybe he'll be here when we come back. And I think that's what happened And I almost think, and and I'm not downplaying the the draft capital aspect of this. I know it's important, but I'm almost a little higher on this class than everybody else just because, not that I'm higher on it, but everybody else is so fucking low on it right now. You just have to be off the
1: floor to be higher than anyone else on this class. But, I mean, if you
0: look at where they are, if you ignore – if the draft was over and you didn't watch it and I told you – Where they landed, you're going to imagine they probably went earlier than they did, but you're not – they all landed in pretty good spots. So I don't think this is the the death sentence for fantasy like most of us collectively think it is right now. All of these guys could see the field towards the end of this year with the exception of of Willis.
1: Agreed, 100%. And, yeah, the landing spots – Literally, the almost the names of the teams that I was saying the round earlier, I'm still mm-hmm. truly shocked that Malik Wells didn't go to Seattle. I, I I am I think potentially something to ultimately regret. Uh, because Kenneth Walker's not winning you a Super Bowl and having a running back when Drew Locks your starting quarterback is, you know, gross negligence in my opinion. But um the rest of these guys, I mean Matt Corral going to the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get an opportunity. You know, Sam Darnold hasn't done anything to get a stranglehold on that job. Desmond Ritter, I mean, yeah, is a placeholder, right? So I agree. The landing spots are the only thing, the only lifeline right right now. But where I'm coming from, specifically, think about Atlanta and Carolina, is these teams are going to be bad this year, particularly Atlanta. Carolina could be like a team that scratches out six wins, so they're really not, you know, fighting for the 101 next year. But Atlanta is. And that gives Desmond Ritter the briefest of windows to prove to the Atlanta Falcons that they should not be trying to target a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young or a litany of other guys that are available in next year's draft, you know, from the quarterback perspective. That's going to be, you know, the polar opposite of this year's class. So Ritter has probably what six games at the end of the year to prove to the Falcons that he's the guy for them, for him not to just get marginalized right away. In the twenty twenty three draft. And Corral could be in the same boat. If Carolina bottoms out, you know, or, or are they just going into this full tank rebuild where, you know, quarterbacks are the last thing you do? I mean, it's I just all think they have the they, they don't have a tremendous margin of error. Malik Willis is in the best spot because Tennessee is going to be competitive again this year. Mm-hmm. So if they crap out in the first round of the playoffs again with Ryan Tannehill, they might start looking and like Maybe we should see what this Malik Willis kid can do in twenty twenty-three because the money starts to drive for Tannehill. He's a UFA, UDFA in twenty-four. So he's the perfect draft and develop. He's the only one that I think still has a light on short of having a Davis Mills type season that he did with the Houston Texans. Like Corral and Ritter would need to do what Davis Mills did and seriously exceed expectations when they're given the opportunity. But it's going to be later this year because Mariota and, Matt and
0: Darnold are going to break camp as the starters for, for both of those teams. They're on such shitty teams. I mean, they're, they're, and they're playing in the same, both of them in the same division with mm-hmm. Tampa. Tampa's going to come out of the gates, what? Screaming. Yeah, <laughs> screaming. <laughs> At I mean, least. The Saints are way be, better than them right now.
1: I mean, they're, those, yeah, are yeah. a distant
0: third and fourth in their division. I mean, they're both going to be, what? One, one and five, one and six. They're going to be fucking buried by Tampa by, the second start of the second month of the season. Yeah. So th- there's a chance that if they show anything in practice, they're going to get to play three quarters of the season, which like you said, they, they, they have to play pretty fucking mistake free to keep the, they have a, sh- I, I think they have a good shot of, I, I this sounds ridiculous, but they're, they're probably better for redraft <laughs> than mm-hmm. dynasty. Cause yeah, they do have a very short leash because if they do both suck, and they're both tit picking, you know, top five, top eight a yeah, year they're from done now. They're done.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're going to hit the reset button there. So that that's where I'm at. I mean, and the, the the top five quarterbacks in this class, based upon the NFL.com draft grades, which I think are, are per, per, uh, compiled by Lance Zer, Zerline, Malik Willis was a six point four one. Corral and Pickett were both six point fours flat. Desmond Ritter was a six point three six. So they're all within what? .05 of each other in a ranking. And then number five went in the fifth round, and that is Sam Howell, who went 5-1 of the commanders. He wasn't even a fifth quarterback taken. The Patriots went took Bailey Zappi at 432 over Sam Howell. So he was a sixth quarterback taken. I think he might have sneaky landed in the best landing spot. I of agree. Here, guys Because Carson Wentz, as much as I love him, I'm not going to sit here and just make excuses for him anymore. No <laughs> one wants him. I mean, he just... He's just a hot potato. Uh, so if he lasts more than a year in Washington, I'd probably be surprised. They're they're going to give it a whirl. If it flames, they may even give Sam Howell snaps at the end of the year because it's clear Taylor Heineke, who's now the backup, isn't the guy there. So fifth-round Sam Howell with the Washington Commanders could end up being the best value in your Superflex rookie drafts because you're drafting him in, like, what, the fourth round of a Superflex draft right now? You know, even you know, oh, late, late third, or early fourth? I mean, yeah, just because – I'm in like the third round of some of my drafts, and I'm like, I don't want to make this pick already. You know, I'm, I'm living the John Gavari life. Where I'm just like, uh, not, not, no one. I want no one. I just, I want the <laughs> clock to expire and have none next to my name on MFL.com because it's, it's a crapshoot between all these backup running backs, and then are you, are going to take a, a flyer on one of these quarterbacks? So, if, if nothing else, is there, is there anything else to talk about here other than the the, the seven-round quarterbacks, Chris Oludekon, who I've never heard of, who is the South Dakota State quarterback. I got the Steelers it. also drafted, so they're clearly resetting their
0: quarterback room. <laughs> there, there is one guy who I think is a little bit interesting. We hate this class, right? So we don't like drafting anybody in the fifth round. We think they stink, right? So there's one guy who I think landed in a sneaky good spot. If you hate everybody on the board in the fifth round and you got that – 512 that no one else is going to draft he's probably the guy to go with here Skyler Thompson but, yeah, Miami Dolphins went to the Dolphins which is a pretty good spot because he's some people had him as the number one in this class before the draft and combine and stuff did you know that just like a film grade I did not. I mean, I know the player, but no, I was No, was. Matt, but... Matt Waldman, based on film grade had him number 1 in the class, period. Yeah. Uh uh what's his name? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, who who's our buddy? Whose name I can't remember. Quarterback guy we have every year.
1: Oh, Schofield. Uh, Mark yeah, Schofield.
0: Yeah. Also super high on him. So, there were people that were high on him and he's I mean, he's in a perfect spot. They have Bridgewater as the veteran backup. They got Tua in there as the starter. And this guy who's got high developmental upside, you could do a lot worse than Superflex with the taxi squad than throwing a dart on him with pick number 60.
1: Yeah, th- that's another team that you know well and good. If 2 isn't a man, which he's going to be, they're, they're, they're going to reset the board uh, again next year. They're, they're not giving Skylar Thompson the keys to the castle in, in 2023. But I'm with you. I, I think, uh, you know, a, 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 name, <laughs> a name to know and, yeah, it's definitely – There's little else you could do with that 512 right now than draft. Apparently, baby your hand, Skyler Thompson, I just looked and he had five and five or or, sorry, eight and five eighths hands. So he found a way to have littler digits than Kenny Pickett. So it's probably why no one wanted his ass either. But that's enough of the quarterbacks again, even in a super flex. Too much largely avoid the position. So we're going to bring a pivot to a position we both love. It's extremely top heavy, but it's the running back position at this point in time. And the, the draft capital went as expected. Brees Hall was the first running back taken at pick two on you know, the second round to pick four dreads traded up to get him. That is fucking important. Oh, you Michael Carter believers, he's dead. Riesel is just coming for all that lunch money, and Michael Carter is nothing but a change of pace back at this point in time. Kenneth Walker went five picks later, as I said, un- unnecessarily so, to the Seattle Seahawks. But those were the oh, – I'm sorry, and there was one more round two pick. I forgot about this. Pick 31 of the second round. Your guy, James Cook, went to the Buffalo Bills. This was the dream Brees Hall landing spot that we were hearing bubbling up at the end of the first round. But they went and got Dalvin's little brother, James Cook, at pick 31. They traded into that pick, I believe, as well from the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals to get that pick. So they were targeting James Cook as well. So all these teams have designs on these players. Jets moved up to get Brees Hall. Seattle loves running the ball and sunk significant capital into Kenneth Walker. And the Bills made it a priority to trade in and get James Cook. Who do you want to talk about?
0: Uh, nobody. I mean, you <laughs> you you hit the <laughs> nail on the head with all of them. Um, James Cook, a lot of people had as kind of a change of pace guy coming into it. And I, I listened to a ton of guys from NFL Network and read a bunch of stuff. A lot of people think Cook had a lot of upside that people were overlooking so I was already high on him and yeah I, I think landing spot wise I mean I think he's the best landing spot he, he's arguably in the bet one of the top what two three offenses in football and like you said they made a move to get him they have an idea how they're going to use him Moss has done nothing since he's been there Singletary's okay in splashes but he's not going to be a game changer Cook has the upside I mean he could go in there and stink too but you know his brother's in the nfl he's got the got the dna for it so i'm I'm here for it i mean of the top three the that's that's the one i like like a scheme like where he went i like the potential there and I, I don't think a lot of other people have fully caught up to it just yet so if you're drafting early you're probably i don't mind overdrafting him at this point
1: yeah i mean i'm i'm still working my way there on james cook i just I don't know. Still sub 200 pounds. They don't really throw to the running back in Buffalo. You know, Josh Allen's still calling his number more often than not. I know we all saw this Devin Singletary, you know, what, you know, back half of the year run, but that's literally because they had nothing else. They weren't trusting Zach Moss anymore. And who, who was it? Matt Breda, who like flashed and then disappeared. There was, it was literally lack of alternative options. So I just hope they have designs on how to use him. And it's, I don't think it's ever going to be in a 10 carry per game capacity. I just don't ever see him being the clear lead back in this offense. I could be wrong a year from now when when is potentially gone, but I, I think they would end up bringing the between the tackles grinder in again and is this offense going to be able to use a, a James Cook to the best of his ability? Are they going to are they going to, you know, use him pretty much as a slot wide receiver? which would be be wise you know, from from their behalf. I know they brought Jamison Crowder in, but I think Cook adds a dimension there that, that Jamison Crowder just doesn't. So I, he's still a guy I need to see to believe, but he's draft capital in this class alone. He's now in my top five, but um, I'm probably going to be prioritizing some of these receivers when his name's bubbling up as the best running back left.
0: So after the second round, I think in a class that sucks, I mean, you can – get sold on the upside with him. You know what I mean? Like in a class that stinks, you can't play it safe here because everyone may suck. So you got Mm -hmm. to kind of pick the guy you think could have the highest upside. And if he gets an actual decent workload in that offense, just by default, he should have at least a good year.
1: Yeah, true. And if you want to know what heartbreak feels like, and this will be a perfect transition here, I'm on the clock at 3.2 in a, in essence, start three QB league. So I say that because it's relevant because four quarterbacks have went already um, through the second round of the draft. I'm on the clock at 3.02. Who do you think went at 3.01? Willis, Rashad White. Mm. The next running back taken by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 329. I would have been giddy about getting Rashad White at the 3.02, but no, just had to rip my
0: heart out at 3.01. With with White, we both liked him coming into this. What do you think of this landing spot? I'm less than thrilled. Fournette's got a three-year deal. It's relatively team-friendly. I think he's going to be there the full three years and be part of this offense, obviously. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn is probably dead, despite goofy things you read all year, coach speak. I I just don't see a role where White will ever get the volume we want to see until Fournette's out of there. All right, so
1: Keyshawn Vaughn was getting bubbled up by
0: Bruce Arians,
1: right? Now Bruce Arians has been... Tom Brady pushed aside as far as day-to-day activity is concerned for the Buccaneers. So he gone. They brought D- Geo back, but that's probably a, a contract one year deal. That's probably a contract where he doesn't even make the team. <laughs> I would I would assume three-year deal for Leonard Fournette. As I did some digging into this, is is really a glorified one-year deal, one and a half-year deal. It's reasonable to get out from next year. To be totally honest with you. He's not seeing year three of that deal, so best case scenario is two years for Leonard Fournette, which also coincides with the likelihood of them hitting a reset button once Tom Brady is gone from from the Bucks as well, which could be as early as next year. So Rashad Boyd's landing spot didn't it didn't negatively impact my ranking of him at all. He's still a top five running back for me in this class. I think, given his profile, the Bucks know how to use that type of running back. And maybe they relieve some of that passing downs burden from Leonard Fournette because he was he was okay. He got volume. Yeah, I still don't believe he's a dynamic pass catcher. He's a proficient pass catcher. Now I'm talking about Leonard Fournette. Rashad White is a dynamic pass catcher. He could ultimately be what they might have thought they were trying to get with Gio Bernard last year into this offense and really trying to take some of the load off of Leonard Fournette and give it to a second back that doesn't tip their hand. That's Rashad White. I, I'm Totally fine with the landing spot. Loved a player. I mean, he's a little old. I think he's 23 already as a redshirt senior, but he's fallen into a prolific offense in Tampa Bay, and I think they're going to use him, to be honest. You you put third-round capital on him, he's making the team. He's already above Keyshawn Vaughn, in my opinion, and once he can earn Tom Brady's trust, I think he's going to get opportunity. So uh, I'm still super high on Rashad White. There was two more third round picks that went in the NFL draft. And it was Lord Tyrion Davis Price, who absolutely no one saw coming pick 29 of the third round to the San Francisco 49ers, a junior out of LSU. And then the, I don't know if it's the last with compensatory, but three thirty four, the Washington commanders decide to go red shirt senior. Was it Alabama? Almost as long as Nick Saban, Brian Robinson to just absolutely Drive a stake through both of our hearts oh, with Antonio Gibson because he is going to get carries right away. He's NFL ready. He's a patina tackles grinder. He's a Bama guy. He's like he's just prepared for the NFL. So Gibson's already losing passing down okay, work so, to J.D. Yeah, McKissick so and Robinson's going to take away rushing down work. What so, the yeah. fuck? What are we doing? Like we bailed. We, we bailed, What do we, you and I do? <laughs> we
0: got it. We got to bail. I mean, we got to get what we oh, can for fuck. Antonio Gibson, and it's sad. I mean, Think about this. We were a couple months away from McKissick signing with the Bills, and we were we were like wheels up, fucking RB one season here for our guy, and now, it. Oh. And what is the, what's the ceiling RB 20 now? Yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, if McKissick listen to this too, like McKissick stays with the bills, James cook doesn't happen then they don't make that trade. So then yeah. James cook, we're not talking about James cook anymore because that's the role. That's yeah. what they wanted to fill. They do Johnson. Then they thought they did better with JD McKissick. Once that fell through, they prioritized James cook. They wanted that dynamic receiving back would have cleared the deck for McK- for Gibson that even if they would have drafted Robinson, be like, okay, let, let Robinson have some of this between the twenties, you know, work and, Keep Gibson in the all receiving role and, and the high value. But now he's getting attacked from both sides. He's getting outflanked as a commander you know, with these running backs and just pigeonholed into having to have touchdown upside. So getting I double. I hate it. Double, double bang. Yes. <laughs> he's double banged right now. And I don't like it. And it's all because he puffed it out last year and was just playing through injury when he when he shouldn't have. I mean, just a warrior on the field. Should have been watched him worse, but neither here nor there. His value took a massive hit, and it's not because I think Brian Robinson is anything special because he's not. He's just enough. He's just enough. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what he is. He's just enough. He's The dude's built like a guy you want running between the tackles, and that's what he's going to be. McKissick's going to eat so much of that receiving down work that Gibson's going to sh- probably struggle for 200 touches this year.
0: Somebody else who landed in a good spot and what I've seen from early ADP seems to be running back five right now in these rookie drafts is uh, Damian Pierce going to the Texans. Great. He had nice performance at the senior bowl. They liked him during the week. And he ends up doesn't have a ton of mileage on him because Florida, you know, shared the ball quite a bit. And he ends up in one of the better landing spots. The Texans were somebody we thought earlier. Dream landing spot for a running back. And this guy kind of fell in their lap. He has nobody ahead of him to compete for touches. There's a good chance he's their starting running back on day one. Now the team sucks, and that's less than ideal. But Pierce, I I just took him uh, 207, I think. I just grabbed him in a league, and I was thrilled to get him there. I I need running back help. He's going to be involved, so I I don't know necessarily – how heavily from day one, but th- th- who there is going to take work from him? Rex Burkhead? I don't think so.
1: What? How dare you besmirch Marlon Mack's glorious name. But I'm right there with you. Pigeon-toe Damian Pierce. I mean, runs funny. I mean, it's just a strange the strange <laughs> the way that he runs, but gets it done. And, and everything I have read was that he was criminally underutilized at Florida um during his time there didn't blow up the combine but you know that had a good combine um and he was picked four two so he was the next guy next guy out to shoot so bringing it back to our real life so i was telling you about how at the 301 i got sniped for rashad white well i have the 302 and the 303 which i had earmarked for running back And the two guys I'm going to take are one Damian Pierce is still there. You said you just took him at what, like two Oh seven. Well, he's here at three Oh three. Now let's, let's disclaimer. This is a 10 team league, which I rarely play in anymore. So very close to where you took him, And it's the league where everyone's drafting quarterback, Matt Corral already went. So it's pushing down value, but, I'm going to take Damian Pierce at the 3.02. And at the 3.03, I'm going to take the next running back that went in the NFL draft. At pick 17, Zeus Zamir White went to the Las Vegas Raiders. Zamir White was the number one ranked running back recruit out of high school to Georgia. Two Two ACLs later and too much James Cook. He just was that running downs only back for Georgia. But he does it very well. Powerful, as the name would indicate, Zeus. The Raiders are remaking that running back room. They already did not pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option, so he's in the last year of his deal. This could be a smooth, natural transition from Josh Jacobs as Zamir White being the mm-hmm. primary ball carrier. Josh McDaniels hates one running back set, so Josh Jacobs just really doesn't work for him anyway. You'll have a Zamir White. They brought in Bolden. They still have Kenyon Drake. They'll end up supplementing that with a receiving downs back anyway. So Zamir White will be the one and two down back a la everything New England Patriots history in the Las Vegas Raiders for the Las Vegas Raiders as early as next year.
0: The crazy thing is we're, we're kind of done. That's the, those are the guys that matter. One right no, no, now. no, 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 no. Don't you, don't you. Oh, gun.
1: The next pick in the draft, big 18, <laughs> the steal of the absolute draft, the Los Angeles Chargers get their running back at a future. And I'm not, being you know, hyperbolic about it, and Isaiah Spiller. No, he is not going to do much to Austin Eckler for this year or potentially even next year, but Austin Eckler is about to turn 27. He's not meant to shoulder 20 carries per game as much I'll as every Austin Eckler owner wants him to just continue <laughs> doing scary. until he physically breaks down. He's not built that way. Use him as the pass catcher that he is. Isaiah Spiller is a bigger back. I mean, this boy is like 6'1", 225. Didn't test well, but his production in the SEC for Texas A&M was, was gorgeous. I mean, uber productive as a freshman in the SEC with a you know, Decent enough pass catcher. I think 20-plus receptions all three years at A&M. He has a subpar combine, and now everyone's like, he, he's dead. Like, move on. I would take Spiller over, over – okay, we'll just go back to rounds – I take him over Tyrion Price. I take him over Brian Robson. I take him over Damian Pierce. I take him over Zamir White in my rookie drafts. He's still my fifth ranked running back, and I would have been giddy to have him. He actually went earlier in this draft that we're talking about at the 2.7, which I was feverishly trying to trade into to get him. So I'm taking consolation prizes in Damian Pierce and Zamir White, in my opinion. Isaiah Spiller is going to be a thing a year or two from now. I think he could have 100 touches this year, to be honest with you. Josh Kelly... uh Larry Roundtree without the D, and Justin Jackson all found their way into like totaling like 150 touches last year in that Chargers offense. And Spillers, light years better than all three of those guys and likely going to see 100-plus touch rookie season in an explosive offense. Like value where they got him.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I, I get the upside. <laughs> I, I, I just – his, his testing scares the shit out of me.
1: But no, his testing was terrible. But we've seen running backs produce Correct. with subpar testing. We, we, he has vision. It. He has vision and instinct. The probably the best in the class. Yeah. Like he just knows how to run the football. So yeah, he's not going to run away from me. I, he doesn't need to run a four three. I don't give a shit that that Pierre Strong ran fast from South Dakota state
0: especially now with <laughs> yeah, the patriots I don't, I don't, give there, I don't
1: give a shit how fast he ran you know he just he he has a feel for the position that shows up on tape it will never show up in testing so it's unfortunate he he should have been a day 2 pick he he should have went in round 3 he he, he should have went above Brian Robinson in my opinion definitely should have. oh my goodness if if Isaiah Spiller went instead of Tyrion Price to the 49ers, my pants would be Ooh. ripped and Wet. tattered at this point in time. <laughs> they would just be in the trash can. <laughs> but all right, beyond those guys, that was how. Uh, well, no, it's not even how round four ended. I, I took a shot at Pierre Strong. He did go four twenty-two to the Patriots. That's not. He's not a Patriots back. I mean, I get like no. one, supplement the position because they they're not going to they're not going to pay Damian Harris, so he's gone. So you know, James White, another one-year deal. So a year the from now. Yeah, they took Kevin, Kevin Harris Haskins. makes sense. Kevin Harris makes a ton of sense for them as the as the behind Ramondre Stevenson guy, but Pierre Strong makes zero sense for for their scheme and their concept. So that was a loss. We'll just rattle off real quick. Hassan Haskins went to the Titans. I, I like, like I yeah. like it as a stash. Yes, yeah, so do I. I mean. Derek Henry finally started breaking down last year. I didn't look into his contract, but you know, if they're hitting reset, if Tannehill and him don't get the job done this year with a deep run into the playoffs, Willis and Haskins in, in 2023 for the Titans you know, awesome. as a reset option, not out of the realm of reality. And even as just a handcuff for, for Derek Henry, who was piling up the carries and like I said, finally succumbed to injury last year. So I don't I don't hate that either. He was productive in Michigan. Then we get into the fifth round. Tyler Algier mentioned how Mike Davis got released. Tyler Algier's the big banger out of BYU. Six 11 uh, 224 I believe. Just stout as they come, not dynamic, not crazy about the guy, but he's gonna get opportunity with yeah. Atlanta this year. And then I mean pick one you want to talk about. Snoop Connor went five eleven to the Jaguars, Jerome Ford went five thirteen to the Browns, Kyron Williams, five twenty-one to the Rams, Tyler Chandler, five twenty-six to the Vikings, and that's uh, we won't end it there, but let's out of the fifth round guys. Pick one guy you want to talk about.
0: None of them. I like some of the some other guys that went around there. I mean, they all have a spot a potential to do something. I mean, like you, Snoop Counter for example. He's with the Jags. We don't know Crazy. when Robinson's gonna be ready, so he could be their RB two because I'm assuming isn't uh, Etienne supposed to be ready? Right? Etienne said he was. F- Cleared to come back
1: last year, but they were already out of it, so yeah. they didn't rush him back. and He was on record of saying, Have I ever picked a good year to miss? I it saw him last year. Phenomenal. I'm, I'm he's skyrockets up my
0: rankings, just so that quote away. A couple of just later bums, real quick again. Um, this draft sucks. You want to throw some darts in these later rounds. Um, I kind of I like Tyler Beatty going to the Ravens. We're not quite mm-hmm. sure when those two guys are going to be ready. Beatty could be heavily involved the first four weeks of the year, possibly. And Beatty, um, for Isaiah, an undersized
1: guy, held you no know, workload at yeah. Missouri. Two hundred yeah. plus carries, I think, the last two seasons, or at least this last year. Maybe not two years ago. I think he was still splitting work, but for an undersized guy, held you know, held up to a big workload. I, I'm with you. I just they just don't throw to the running
0: back, which no. hurts hurts Beatty. But God. Jerome Ford going to the Browns. He's Mm -hmm. probably the Kareem Hunt replacement. That's a nice stash. Isaiah Pacheco going to the Chiefs. I I know a year ago we all went nuts Where however long ago when when Clyde Edwards Hilaire went to the Chiefs. Pacheco's, I think, really underrated, and he's a pretty damn good blocker, which will get him on the field. Now what he does when he finally gets touches, I don't know. But I don't, I don't know where people are going to be drafting him because I a lot of the rookie drafts haven't gotten <laughs> up to the point where you're yeah. considering him. Just a quick glance at, uh, yeah, I Deco I mean, was him.
1: almost Mister Irrelevant. He was, you know, seven thirty, but yes, he ended up in Kansas City, so he's going to get the nominal bump there. You skipped over one guy that I think has value, Keontae Ingram was a Texas he transfer, was list, yeah. He was next on my list, yeah. Round 6 pick 23 for the Cardinals. He's a James Conner injury away mm-hmm. from, from stardom potentially. And, and I don't think he's I don't think he's amazing, but he's 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 a competent back. correct. I still
0: like, you know, Benjamin, but this kid's built they, They're going to the have hard. a different he's, role. I think I think you said it perfectly. Mm-hmm. If Conner goes down, Ingram picks up his work. It doesn't affect Eno you know, Benjamin. Benjamin keeps whatever role he's going to have. So, if you have uh Connor Keontae Ingram is now your handcuff not you know Benjamin don't disagree yeah six foot two twenty
1: one for for uh Keontae Ingram just I, I don't have Connor's measurements in front of me but I know he's a big guy and you know four five three forty not too slow thirty four point five vert uh eh. one twenty two two broad I'll take it didn't do the other stuff but you know wasn't a shit tester I mean and had to get out of Texas because Bijan Robinson just came and and marginalized him. So I, I, I get the transfer to USC. I I like the player. I'll be taking Kante Ingram above your boy Isaiah Pacheco. I'm not saying that you're saying you would, but it, it wouldn't I wouldn't blink taking Ingram over Pacheco. pacheco like no endings. wiggle. <laughs> Isaiah, <laughs> no wiggle Pacheco. That guy is a no nonsense north south guy, which it's fun to watch, but I, I don't know how valuable that is going to be uh, in fantasy football. Yeah,
0: I don't disagree. Right. But
1: super so you want tell you 4.3740 for Pacheco, blazed at 5'10", 216 pounds. So straight line-ish sounds a lot like Ronald Jones right oh, they signed to a one-year deal compare anybody to that now, but th- and that 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 rounds up the drafted guys that have some value i mean how, how what a world where like the max borgies of the world and the
0: uh <laughs> yeah. what, who's the other guy the oregon yeah. running back here yeah, you'll like, love like, this in one of my uh debbie leagues yeah. they were um activating the you know switching out the Debbie placeholders with the actual players and yeah somebody has been holding on to max Borgie for two or three years yeah now, now they got him it's like oh boy imagine that treat
1: yeah Fuck. did did he did he go anywhere as a udFA yet I didn't even like, I believe it's, he it's did. so it's so insignificant no one's even comment on that it's like when Justin Ross went to the chiefs it was like woo,
0: <laughs> such yes. a
1: great landing spot like yes. max Borgie did, didn't even get a tweet out of it, I mean. Nope. So it's just like him. Did CJ Everdell was the name out of Oregon. He was supposed to be something. Oh, yeah, 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 That dude went undrafted. Stephen Carr, who was a USC guy, transferred <laughs> to Indiana. Nothing.
0: Sam Howell, like, fuck. Got to get back yeah. to that.
1: Well, it's Sam Howell got fifth round of capital at least. I mean, he's well, he, he could he could show the card. Abram Smith, who was slow. I mean, some people were touting him. The Baylor kid didn't get drafted. Kennedy Brooks was another guy that had a little recognition. Yeah. He went to Oklahoma forever. He, he was a UDFA to the Eagles. Eagles. Uh, it's not the worst place in the world to end up. Miles no. Sanders, last year of his deal, they're not going to give him a new deal. And then no one else that they have are long-term options or every down backs. I mean, Kennedy Brooks would probably be a practice squad guy this year, or he might end up being the friggin' uh, Jordan Howard role for the team. So as a UDFA, you could always do worse. And then you mentioned to me, he's a Quandre White. Quan White ended up with the Miami Dolphins. I think he's a he's going to be a round five target of mine just about yeah, everywhere. Because I, sure. I like the player. Again, NFL old. I think he's a 23-year-old as well out of South Carolina, but like his game and one-year deal. Mostert, who's, you know, in all likelihood going to get injured. Chase Edmonds, glorified one-year deal. Miles Gaskins not, didn't really do anything to set the world on fire. And then the other guy's uh, uh Savon Ahmed. I mean, that's, that's that's not a who's who running back room in my I opinion. Mean, White if, might be a practice-wide guy's rookie year, but I, I'll hold a share of him or
0: two in a lot of places. He may even play. If Mike McDaniel yeah. is, is a true disciple of the Shanahan tree, draft capital doesn't mean shit. If you can go out there and make plays in the system, you will get out there. So, you know, we talked about, some of these landing spots being better. If you want your undrafted guy that you have your fingers crossed for to go somewhere, it's either the Niners or now the dolphins hoping that they kind of take on the same philosophy. So yeah, we both loved him and I, I, it's probably the best spot for him because in San Francisco, he's got competition. So if, if we were dream, UFDA spots for our guy. That's probably it to be honest.
1: Yeah. And then the last guy, and then we'll move off of running backs, is Jay Corbin, the Florida State running back, signed with the New York Giants, who there's really not a lot behind uh uh Saquon Barkley. I could see him making the roster as well. And I thought he flashed a little bit during his time at Florida State. They were just a they're they're in the they're in the basement right now. they they I don't even know who that guy, guy is. Uh, you might. <laughs> you, you might. Yeah, you know, never never say never, but again, these are UDFA's we're talking about. So, a lot of running back names there. Like I said, we still we still go deep even less we're rankings.
0: Blow through tight end real quick and then close with wide receiver because they're actually good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, they they are and and we disagree on a few of those guys, Should it should be interesting. Trey McBride the Arizona Cardinals sunk a second-round pick into Trey McBride when they just extended Zach Ertz for three years, of which he'll at least see two of those years. Now we know tight end takes a little bit of time to acclimate, but that was a less than ideal landing spot for for Trey McBride. Only second-round pick, none went in round one as they shown it. So we'll just lump in the the round three picks as well. Tight end two, your boy Jelani Woods, mm-hmm. ran fast. Second tight end drafted. I mean, shocker. Goes point. to the Colts. I compared him to Mo Alley Cox, He's going to take Mo Alley Cox's job in about two years. <laughs> Crazy how this works. My boy Greg Dulcich went three sixteen to the Broncos. Not ideal as no. they have Albert O there, but I, I still like Dulcich. And then Jeremy Ruckert, just you know, kind of a complete, a complete tight end out of Ohio State went three thirty seven to the Jets. They just signed Ozama and Conklin. Crowded room, but that was such a bad spot for them last year. It was a huge glaring hole for the Jets last year, so they overcorrected with Jeremy Ruckert. Not much to talk about Trey McBride. I still think he's the, the tight end one in the class, but he's going to be a slow burn with, with Zach
0: Ertz and that offense. You want to talk about any of those other three guys? Not really. Uh, I mean, we talked about him in the pre-draft process quite a bit. I don't, I don't, I don't hate or love any of the landing spots. McBride, I mean, in a lot of them, we talked about them landing in a spot behind somebody like Gronkowski or something, and then coming on later. And that's kind of what we expect at tight end anyway. Um, the name who shot up my board quite a bit. I fucking say it. It was my guy. Cade Otten?
1: No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, he got the capital to the Bucks. You know, first pick of round four. Mm-hmm. Still shrouded in mystery if Gronk's going to come back. Cameron Brate's not the long-term answer. O.J. Howard's up in Buffalo now there's going to be opportunity for K. and out of Washington. So I'm there with you. I thought you were going to say Daniel Bellinger, who's a guy I'm pretty sure I brought to your attention early in the process. But you also,
0: you did say, this is going to end up being a guy you really like. (laughs) Oh, Bellinger? (laughs) Bellinger. Yeah. You you said, hey, you're going to like this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, pick four, round four, pick seven to the Giants, just, there's nothing nothing there's they they brought in ricky seals jones and they have jordan akins which i didn't know until i looked into it because i wanted to see who he had to overcome for meaningful snaps with the giants and it's it's i didn't it's, know it's hardly, that either it's hardly anything so Ballinger shot up into my top five dynasty rankings first blush because i already liked the player and the potential mm-hmm. and then he got Decent capital. He was the sixth tight end drafted, and he landed in a good spot. So right there, Belger, and I agree with you on Otten. And the Ravens went and double-dipped in the fourth Fuck round it. at tight end. And, and just,
0: killed two guys that could yep. have both been decent. Yeah,
1: Not I get only, why they, yeah, I get I why they, they did it.
0: Crazy.
1: But, you know, yeah, they're, they're blocked behind Mark Andrews for this foreseeable future. <laughs> and, but Charlie Cole and I, likely, other. yeah, I mean, oh. if ever a team's going to run three tight end sets – it's going to be the Ravens. I mean, they traded away Marquise Brown. They did nothing to replace him. I called it. They were, I know they were targeting Calvin Austin, the third, when the Steelers took him a pick earlier, I think it was in the third round, but missed him. And that's new. Or maybe it was in the fourth round when they ended up taking, yeah, it was in the fourth round. They ended up taking Isaiah likely at four thirty-four, if memory serves me correct. But, yeah, different types of tight ends there. Isaiah likely much more the move tight end, could almost be a big slot. I and mean, He's not a prototypical tight end. Kohler more the inline guy, so I get it. But they, they've done this before, right? The year they drafted Mark Andrews, they took right. uh, Hayden Hurst in, in the first round. So not beyond them, just stacking value, and this is how they build. And then around them was Jake Ferguson at the Cowboys, could be some… That's oh, a nice, nice stash. Yeah, Dalton Schultz Insurance out of Wisconsin, just kind of a complete tight end. Your boy, Chig Oconquo went to the Titans. He just looks star. like John U. Smith and could ultimately <laughs> be that in their offense. Cole Turner went to the Commanders in Nevada, not a ton uh, to
0: talk about. With the him thing about him, you know, the Commanders, I mean, Logan Thomas coming off an injury, I believe he's 32 or 33 already. They drafted John Bates last year, oh, who I Thomas. liked. I like but he. Bates. I like him too, but he didn't do enough while Logan Thomas is out to be like, they're going to hand this guy the job up next. So Cole Turner is definitely worth fucking tossing on your taxi squad. Yeah.
1: Can't, can't argue against that. Um, yeah. John, uh, I was trying to look up John Bates. I thought he had a, he had a couple games, but I mean, that, that whole team was falling apart you know, at that point in time. Once, once they lost some of those guys, but uh, man, making it too difficult. 20 receptions, 249 yards, and a touchdown and limited action. I mean, that's, you know, that's,
0: yeah, but I mean, not a, not a, like nothing. I said, but
1: yeah. you're right. I mean, Cole, Cole Turner is another guy I liked, you know, before, so could have been worse. And then go beep, 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 beep. My Eagles still Grant Calcetera in the sixth <sighs> round, who we both liked. I don't think that's death for him. I mean, they like multiple tight ends. Yeah. Behind Goddard, there's nothing. They're trying to di- develop Tyree Jackson. They keep bringing back, um, Christ, I can't even remember his name right now. That the tight end was with the Packers for a minute. We've signed him like three times already. Oh, what the heck? I'm drawing I can see his face. Uh oh. It, it, that, that's how relevant he is. I mean, the Eagles die hard. I know every single player
0: on the roster. I mean, Goddard kind of when Goddard game. was a young guy, he was able to put up some serviceable weeks here and there behind Earth. So it's not crazy to think Calcaterra could have a couple of Good weeks here and there behind. And and especially now with that offense. So your defensive coordinator, who's getting your fourth <laughs> defensive guy in coverage? It ain't A.J. Brown. It ain't Demanda Smith, and it ain't Goddard. So he's if they do run some two tight end sets, he's going to be the biggest beneficiary of everyone on this offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't resign him, and that name's given me Jack Stoll is currently the tight oh, end gross. too on the Eagles. No, he ain't. Uh, I'm trying to <laughs> no. think about who there, who this guy was. I'm just, goodness <laughs> gracious, going to going to bother me to to know. Oh, him. Richard Rogers, Richard
0: Rogers, yes. That they just kept recycling Richard Rogers for like the last two years. You know I'm what i like, think a, about? To, yeah. not, not about fantasy for a you, second here. Oh, I was gonna say you're talking about the helmet Think Mary. about how much valuable information you could put in your brain that Richard Rogers is occupying.
1: Well, clearly he wasn't occupying enough, Fuck. right? Cause he in not on his name, but yeah, he was the guy. Castle could be the tight end too, in short order for the Eagles. And I think there's value there, but yeah, ripped through tight end. Great job. Not a lot to talk about there. A decent position. I mean, even tight end premium, a lot of these guys should be third and fourth round picks where you sit and stash. Cause they're all slow burns. Even
0: McBride's going to be a slow burn because of his landing spot. Yeah. On to the wide receiver. I, I got a quick put you on the spot thing. Oh, I know it was like, kind of mentioned like in the uh, DM at some point. I know you didn't fully do your rankings yet. But with Justin Ross, undrafted, free agent, going to Kansas City, do you know roughly where you're going to put him in your rankings? Preliminarily, he is fourteen. Yeah, I have 15 already. (laughs) Jumped over all these drafted guys. Yeah, I mean, there's, I
1: I don't care that you know, like there's a name after him, Wondell Robinson. Uh, I'm just not drafting those type of receivers anymore, ever. I I don't care. Like, yeah, guys that will never get any volume, like. He could be awesome for the Giants. He could fill like an amazing, like Isaiah McKenzie plus role for them. But unless they tell me they're going to give him 10 carries and, you know, five or six targets a week <laughs> type thing, uh, I, I want nothing to do with him. You know, so there's guys like that that were after him. And Calvin Austin, I love, but he's tiny. He's never going to get volume in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so a draft guy that I have after him, they were just two names that, that stuck out to me um, uh, as far as who I have Justin Ross above now. <laughs> nothing assured Justin Ross's game changed in the film I watched you know after that neck injury and losing Trevor Lawrence but losing Trevor Lawrence will hurt anyone's game but he turned into more of this possessiony type underneath guy you know big body possession receiver so maybe maybe a big slot future for him but Sky Moore who can move around I think it would be ideal in the slot so there's a redundancy for those Chiefs and they have Juju right now so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Justin Ross but Good spot, and you know both of them similar. You know, you know in the in the mid teens as far as receivers. But talk about these highly drafted guys. At the top is a guy you absolutely fucking despise, and <laughs> it's not changed based upon his draft capitals. Drake London went pick eight to the Falcons, building a basketball team over there in Atlanta with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. He's going to see. We talked about how Devonta Smith just saw 144 targets in his rookie year. Uh, give me the over with Drake London. I mean, he's. Kyle Pitts is probably still going to command the majority of the attention for a bad Falcons team, and I don't care if it's Marcus Mariota or eventually Desmond Ritter. Drake London, assuming health, is going to see 120 plus targets in his rookie year. So best ball leagues, get you some London shares. He climbed up my rankings precipitously. I didn't hate the guy like you did. I just wasn't bought into Drake London. Wide receiver one overall, I'm still not there on him. You know, you'll wait till next week to get our updated rankings. But he climbed up my rankings, you know, based on draft capital, landing spot,
0: and the fact that I didn't hate him nearly as much as you did. Hold on to your unders. I actually moved him down. <laughs> so you would. You would. Again, I'm not the world's greatest film guy. I rely on other people who know what the fuck they're looking at, and I trust their opinions. So Mariota, to the best of my knowledge, has a history of not throwing to guys that are covered. Mariota has a
1: history of not throwing.
0: Also true. That's but that's- he's, he's not a guy who's throwing jump balls to covered receivers. Just not what he's done. He needs guys to separate, see them open, throw to the open guy. That ain't Drake London's game. He needs someone who's going to trust him to get the ball. And it's not Mariota. If you told me Ritter was going to start after week eight, I would move him up. But I don't know if that's the case right now. I I doubt it's the case, actually. So I just think who he has throwing him the ball is extremely detrimental to his development right now.
1: I don't disagree, but I mean... The cupboard is bare with the Falcons. I mean, Ridley's not gonna get reinstated this year. They lost Justin Gage. No. I mean, it was literally gonna be an Auden Tate, Frank Darby, Olamidi Zacchaeus, you know, foot race for for the wide receiver chair. For a wide receiver one chair, if not for Drake London. So God. I mean, there's like sixty percent target share to London and Pitts would know, you know, and eighty percent if you include Corderell Patterson wouldn't shock me. I mean, it would like you talk about a narrow distribution tree. We talk about like Kansas city in years past when everything was going to Kelsey or, uh, or Tyreek kill. Well, it's all going to go to London and pits, yeah, at this point. So I, I don't, you know, Mariota might not want to throw it open receivers. Well, none of these fucking guys are going to be open. So, uh, just short of Kyle Pitts. So unless he's going to get a hundred percent target share, they are going to have to give old Drakey <laughs> London some opportunity. So you now said when we set our peace on him, Pick ten. Garrett Wilson went to the Jets. Garrett Wilson, I am going to include a uh, fashion ranking in future iterations of my draft because he wore by far the ugliest outfit I have ever seen a human being wear for the draft. No. He looked like he was wearing his grandmother's church, her, her best church attire, and people were saying it looked like he had like a ankle, you know, monitors on with these terrible shoes he had. Top to bottom, Garrett Wilson looked like an absolute asshole. And
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was wearing pearls too. I, I think there was. I think there was, I was searching the internet.
1: Uh, abysmal. I mean, just shouldn't have, shouldn't have let him out of the house.
0: All right, uh, was, I agree with Gam Gam's pearls. That was a bad idea. <laughs> and, the, and the and the the jacket, the suit is like just kind of
1: rested Euro suit like. That the neighbors in Chevy Chase uh, Christmas Vacation would wear.
0: And he it, looks like he's going to the MTV Movie Awards with MC Hammer.
1: Circa, yes.
0: I mean, a bit, just terrible. Absolutely Listen, terrible. there are far fucking worse things. And the dude's going to New York. I mean, he's
1: you know, he'll fit right in, right? But regardless, he went 110, and the run began. 111, <laughs> Ohio State teammate Chris Alave. The Saints traded up to get Alave. I'd, still, it's confounding me what the Saints what they, what their plan was here with the trade they with the Eagles and then trading up to get Olave, who I think is a good receiver. I don't think he's a great receiver. And then the Detroit Lions moved up to, to packaged picks to get to 112 to take Jamison Williams before a few picks. And then Jahan Dodson is a mega reach to the Commanders, who were one of the teams who traded back, I think. With the Saints to get out of 111, they take Jahan Dodson, good receiver. I don't think he's worth the 116. Traylon Burks, after the Eagles trade the 118 to get A.J. Brown, they just draft his replacement in Traylon Burks. That's the first round. Don't know where you want to go from there. I think I gave my two cents on just about all, except that I still love Traylon Burks. I think he landed in a fucking gem of a spot yeah. uh, for I, being the last of the group taken.
0: Yeah, I, I love the landing spot. The, the The talent was there. There were some red flags, but... All that talent and, and all the reasons you were talking about Drake London, apply that to Burks. I mean, he's the guy now. Elderly Robert Woods coming back from an injury and Nick uh, Westbrook-Ikenhay or whatever his name is, is the only competition there. There's That means there's no competition. Um, Olave, man, you know, if he went to a different quarterback, I'd be so much happier like, he's such a good route runner. If, if Drew Brees was still there, I, I could have possibly put him at QB1. Just I, I think that's a good fit for him. Whereas Winston, like Drake London, for example, I could see Winston just firing fucking YOLO balls at him and him having a monster year in New Orleans. But it didn't work out that way. You know what I mean? I don't think Olave's skill set works great with Jameis Winston. So I, I just... I still like the player. I just didn't like that matchup. Um, yeah. And Williams, Jameson Williams. I like They're more of a long-term thing. I don't think he's the guy that's going to fit with golf, but he's also, I don't think he's going to start the year. I think they said he's probably going to start on the pup. So it's going to be a lost year for him. So if you are drafting him, you kind of got to cross your fingers and, and hope. Right, right, listen,
1: Taysom Hill got converted to full-time tight end. Who's the backup quarterback? Is it a, uh, is it that Ian book? Yes. He's a backup. So he, yeah. that's who's starting the season when the yeah. Saints yeah. clearly yeah. believe they're in win-now mode by <laughs> trading away the 23 first? That's what's happening? I mean, in in other news, just about Ohio State, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jameson Williams was at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Literally, three straight picks. I mean, Brian Hartline should just be calling his price at this point in time. But the NFL needs to just hand this dude a bag of money you know, to continue the development of players once they increase the NFL. He is he's unbelievable. Um Traylon Burks in other news, you know, we were talking about this is based upon NFL.com. Uh NFL comparison by Lance Airline. AJ Brown but with more wiggle. Okay. More what? Wiggle. Oh more wiggle. <laughs> wiggle is a good. good thing when it comes to the tight end. So <laughs> yeah. And only would a dude what six foot two 225 pounds running a four five five be considered slow? that's not yeah. slow I mean, it's it's really not i mean and the dude as as everyone has said at this point build up speed so you know get him the ball quick hitters i mean that's how they schemed a lot of aj brown too they're just going to do it again with traylon burks and i get not one to pay wide receiver and they obviously had a plan to say <laughs> if we have to move off of aj Tra- brown we need a traylon burks type in our offense and they made it happen so he's a he was a value in my opinion i, I mean to take Jahan Dodson, who I think is a, just a good receiver that just I just doesn't present the fantasy upside uh, of any of these other guys we mentioned. It was just injustice by the commanders.
0: I liked Dodson, and I would have liked him to go somewhere else. I mean, Washington's in this weird spot where McLaurin is kind of the next guy to possibly sign one of these big-money deals. Questions with Wentz. We were talking about all the fucking mystery that makes us sick to our stomach at running back now said they got this old, you know, tight end and they kept the replacement last year and this year, potentially there's just a lot of moving pieces. And it's, it's hard to trust, you know, is Dotson supposed to be the wide receiver one next year when they trade McLaurin? Cause they don't want to pay him with Sam Howell, throwing him footballs and Robinson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, that team it's hard to it's, i mean look look who they drafted what do you want to do with sam howell what do you want to do with brian robinson what do you want to do with him
1: they made oh, all their own, they made all their own moves literally like time and time Turner. again i mean at least at least they got value with howell in the fifth the rest of these guys i feel like they they dave get their way and like these are the positions we need to fill and, and that's how they made uh, yeah place.
0: we'll just put a guy in them
1: yeah. Period. Yeah,
0: I like Dotson.
1: You know, he's a good complementer. I like team. all he's, those guys he's but... better with Tor- Terry McLaurin there. You know, he's the kid oh, catches sure. everything. You know, he's he's game speed fast. I, I like the player. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm not going to have him anywhere because he's like a end of the first round draft pick, and I just I don't think I'm going to be able to hit the button with him. You mentioned Alave with the Saints. I think he's going to be great with the Saints opposite uh, Mike Thomas. But I'm just not crazy about Alave. Like that, that dude. Like he. I don't know. Like in what I the film I watch, like the dude's like is taken down by a feather. Like you're not (laughs) gonna get like these wide open spaces to run like you did at Ohio State. Like you're gonna have a D back on you immediately, and like this dude's not gonna break any tackles. He's not gonna get any yak. Like I I could see him being a less successful Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen fights like Chris Olave faster than I thought. So it doesn't really cop well to a key now. And I just think he's a guy that is going to be doing all this dirty work underneath and, you know, will be more valuable in a PPR. I just don't see, even with the four, three speed an explosive downfield player. I, I just don't, I, I don't know. I'm I just can't get there. I don't like Chris Olave. is where I guess where I'm at. Like he's, he's like five for me, just because there is like a break. Like I'll take Olave over Dotson. You know, he, Here, I, I will take him there. I'll take him over, like, these second-round guys that, that got taken. But I'm not crazy about a lot of it. I mean, I'll take James and Williams over him in a heartbeat. I'm taking Draylon Burks significantly over him. I, ugh, I just, I'm just not going to have a lot of a lot of well,
0: you're saying you're not going to have a lot of them, and we'll go full circle. As of right now, his ADP is 10th. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm in – you taking yeah, him at – I'm not I, taking him
1: at twelve. John, I'm live in like five drafts right now, and he hasn't made it to 10 in any of them. And so, oh, really? Complex. Yeah, he's, he's, there's two running backs going. No one's, no one's taking James Cook in the top, right? So you're taking, uh, Brees Hall me, and I you're guess. taking Kenneth Walker. <laughs> so that's two. No one wants a quarterback. Best case scenario, um, Kenny Pickett goes in the top 10, right? So that's three. So you're, there's seven w- receivers going by 10. So who's getting taken above Alave? Who was the third one drafted? I mean, are people reaching for Watson and Sky Moore at that point? Like he's not sitting at ten; he's going at like six, seven, eight in all my
0: drafts. He's not making it to ten. I had him here. The the <sighs> couple I've got live. He went uh, two hundred four, so sixteenth overall. That's but that bonkers. one wide receivers fell. That's where I got Traylon Burks at seven somehow. Yeah, I mean that's
1: bonkers. I mean Welcome he Steve. went he went one hundred six in my one league, and I'll just jump into my other league. He went he went, uh, 106 in that second league that I just drafted. So back-to-back 106s. Uh, let's see if he went yet, and this is a fresher draft. He hasn't gone yet, but we're only through pick 104 in one other league. And then I got one MFL going right now that – I have been going quarterback heavy in a super flex, so I wasn't paying much attention to where he's gone. But let's just do a quick look in the first round, and he went 109. So the latest he's went in a league with me is 109. When James Cook went one pick before him at 108. So that's the only that's that's why he fell out of the top eight. Was because much like you saw him with it's he's he's not sitting there. T- if he was a ten, I'll take him at ten. Sure, but that's if I'm debating between him and James Cook, I'll take Alave over Cook if if that's the decision I have to make. But those are first round guys. Enough is enough. There, the Packers <laughs> traded up significantly to get Christian Watson, who a lot of people thought the Packers were going to take in the first round. They got them at, at the second pick around two. I, they traded with the Lions. So I don't understand why the Lions would do
0: that. And the Lions made another shitty trade in the first with Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. Like, there still has to be a little gamesmanship with these teams. You can't let your division rivals get better. I mean, even if you think it's value to you, you see, sometimes you just got to say no, right? I mean, yeah. it just has no, absolutely not. I'm not going to let Aaron Rodgers get Christian Watson in his twilight. You know, and and bail them out for taking defense with both picks in the first round. No, you should have made them force their hand to take a wide receiver in the first round. But they got him at two two. Redshirt senior. You now, just North Dakota State product. I know he's big. I know he's fast. I, he scares the shit out of me. I, I don't think we've really got deep into Christian Watson. Yeah. I am terrified of Christian Watson, and that we are seeing end game Aaron Rodgers too. I mean, he's he's not otherworldly anymore still one of the best quarterbacks in the game but you know maybe the next two years but when the weather gets cold i don't know packers seem to be shrinking up a little bit and they really showed their ass in the playoffs when they got out muscled by a fucking california based team
0: (laughs) so uh, i I, it's cold it's cold in the bay area
1: man i'm skeptical and then Wandell robinson goes 211 to the giants i I, I don't care if he went 111 i would still not draft (laughs) Wandell robinson he's the baby tight You said two yeah second round Pick Spoiler
0: 11. alert! He's uh, he might be two foot eleven. He's twenty one for me.
1: He might be two foot eleven. Draft Maybe.
0: capital. No, yeah. thank you. Good
1: luck, John Mechie, A pick later, at two twelve. Not Boy, sexy, I like, but like him, I landed like him. Landed in, landed in Houston. He's going to take Nico Collins' job once he gets back on the field. I think he's an ACL guy as well. But yes, productive junior. Declare got second round capital. Good route runner. Like him. Yeah, just not flashy at all, but. He just get, kind of gets
0: the job done and he's good. He, and, and I, as I stammer through my words, the guys that come out of the SEC, especially what we've seen the last couple of years. I mean, how many first round cornerbacks came out of the SEC first, second round guys that Mechie played against in college for four years and was six or not four. He wasn't a senior. Um not No, right. Yep, no. Junior declare. Yep. So he's played against these guys and succeeded. And in the bigger games during the college football playoff and stuff, he's done fine against NFL caliber cornerbacks. So I think I think that's a great spot. If Davis Mills or any part of that Houston offense can take a step forward, I, I really like Mechie as a, a guy I'll target. And man, what's he probably around three guy at this point? Uh, he'll probably
1: go in round two. I mean, in the drafts I have, I've yeah. gotten through two. He's going at all of them, and it's just because there's the running backs aren't there, and nor are their quarterbacks in any reasonable league. So oh, my he's my gonna get geez. he's gonna get pushed off. He's gonna go mid late second. But Looking he's like at wide receiver, kid. wide receiver ten, you and you so
0: overall seventeen. I can't 18. find it. Yeah,
1: I mean, just think of that. I mean, maybe there's five running backs and a sixteen quarterback.
0: overall. So yeah, yeah, right where mid, I, yeah.
1: mid to late second. Kid's an eclectic dude. He lived like all over the world. I guess his military family, yes. but yeah, I mean, didn't play much as a true freshman at Alabama, but as a sophomore, 55 for 916 and six. And then last year, he was 96 for 1142 and eight, running side by side with Jamison Williams. And yeah, just no one talks about John Mechie. I think that was a great pick by the Texans. Then the reach of all reaches of the draft, potentially Tyquan Thornton, speedster, the Patriots, for whatever reason. Take him at pick eighteen in the second nope. round. I just nope. I mean nope. they, they just drafted Marquez Valdez Scantling. They could have just paid him like five million a year as a free agent and and brought him in as just a straight line runner. Like you want to add speed, you could do better. Because after him, George Pickens went at two twenty. You knew the Patriots weren't going to take Pickens just because it was off the field shit, his attitude. But he landed in Pittsburgh, which is a dream spot for Pickens because. Your boy Deontay Johnson is going to be shown the door next year, unfortunately, because he's going to want a big deal, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are not paying receiver. They they develop receivers and let them fly outside of Antonio Brown. So Deontay Johnson is going to have to find money elsewhere. Chase Claypool is just knuckleheading his way right out of Pittsburgh. So pickings to pick it could be a thing as early as next year for the Steelers. Really love the pick, and the player, I think just tons of upside freshman breakout for georgia you know and had an unfortunate acl that kind of thing kind of curtailed him a little bit but great pick by the CEOs. alec pierce went a year a pick later 21 to the colts who have a need reading a lot that alec pierce was limited by the cincinnati offense not by alec pierce but i mean he had a competent nfl quarterback potentially in desmond ritter you know running back there's other town around him i'd I didn't see a ton of diversity from Alec Pierce, but there's opportunity with the Colts. Your boy, Sky Moore, a pick later to the Chiefs at 222. I mean, talk about how the Packers and the Chiefs got away with it by not using either of their two first-round picks when they had a glaring need of tight end and still ended up coming away with the Packers, Christian Watson, and the Chiefs just sitting pretty and waiting and getting Sky Moore, who I'm just – I'm just like – I wasn't overly high. I I liked the player. I wasn't like yeah. ripping over him like everyone else. But, I mean, couldn't have landed in a, a better spot. There's so much opportunity in that Chiefs offense right now, and he's going to be tied to Patrick Mahomes for a foreseeable future. I mean, just rocket ship for Skymore.
0: I mean, a lot of people had the Chiefs and the Packers double-tapping wide receiver in the first. Take Yeah, I never but, thought But that. look what ended up coming out of it. They ended up waiting. The Chiefs come out of it with Sky Mourn. We started this talking about Justin Ross. That ain't too bad, especially not burning any real draft capital on him. And the Packers yeah, I mean, ended and they up still with Christian Hartman, who, like, Yeah,
1: yeah. a lot of people don't love, but Miko Hartman is still there. They brought in Juju. This The Chiefs receiving core is going to be just fine, especially with Travis Kelsey. I mean, the Packers, they bring in Sammy Watkins as a band-aid, but Christian Watson should... Get then, on the field rather easily, and then it's Lazard. Like I'm still not giddy about the Packers' pass catching.
0: But that core. guy Romeo Dubs, I, I don't know shit about him. I haven't seen anything He's yet. On the receiving end of a lot of Carson Strong bombs. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people that are much smarter than I seem to like him and thought that was a good pick. So when you factor in the draft capital, I, I, I can't really fault what they did. It's not dream for fantasy, but they're pretty good real football moves
1: yeah i mean with so in the fourth round pick 27 the packers did get romeo dubs they they're good at identifying wide receivers as well i mean the steelers get all the pub because they usually take a round two guy so it's more of a name like a pickens but the this packers have developed you know day two and day three receivers before and you know the fourth round isn't insignificant capital on Romeo dubs. I mean, there was a number of guys that went in between him, but he's going to get opportunity in, in that offense. And yeah, a guy that back to back thousand yard seasons for Nevada and had 20 touchdowns over that span his junior and senior year. Like I said, catching bombs from, from Carson strong. You know, you could do worse than dubs, but just kind of rolling it back a little bit. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about round three, pick seven Velas Jones going to your ex Chicago bears, He's going to be 25 years old. It's been beaten ad nauseum, redshirt senior. Uh, so he's, 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 he's the right age, you know, to hit the ground running for the bears. But I think they just drafted a kick and punt returner in round three Correct. and didn't help at all. I mean, it just, you Jones. Know, I see Cordero Patterson during his time with the bears, again, is an athletic guy with the ball in his hands. that just doesn't get utilized outside of the special teams world, but they took him as the first wide receiver in round three after him, Jalen Turwart went pick 24 to the Cowboys. I think that was a great landing spot for him. My boy David yeah. Bell went pick 35 to the Browns. Sneaky, sneaky, great landing spot, in my opinion, with David Bell. I it's like it. A technician with Deshaun Watson. He didn't test well, but the dude plays the game well. I mean that's another guy I think I've heard a few Keenan Allen comps with David Bell and' it's just savvy route runner that squeezes the ball, productive during his time at Purdue. I think as a true freshman he he produced i I think he landed in a dream spot for falling all the way to the late third round yeah i don't uh don't yeah dude, dude, dude right. got off the bus with 86 a thousand and thirty five and seven touchdowns in the big Ten, right. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, that just doesn't happen by default. And then this is last year in 11 games, 93, 12, 86, and 6. Just proven production at the college level, and he just didn't run fast or or, or do any of the other agility drills <laughs> particularly well. But I just like the player. Sometimes football players just get it done. So still like Bell. Danny Gray got overdrafted by the 49ers because he ran fast in a straight line. Yeah then uh, Eric Ezukama who I did like I don't like him in Miami um, I heard some buzz that the Chiefs were sniffing around on him before they they did
0: what they did but yeah Miami's terrible
1: like the upside but yeah he's buried I mean Tyreek for the short term Waddle for the long term I mean do you want the wide receiver 3 in that offense and he's not even that even though they traded Devonta Parker but yeah, good developmental piece. And your boy, Romeo Dubs, who you mentioned, went 27. Calvin Austin, who I mentioned before, went pick 433 of the Steelers, who stole him from the Baltimore Ravens. His outlook would be glaringly different. is even just a field stretcher on the outside for the Ravens as opposed to a developmental wide receiver four for the Steelers. But you saw them use Ray Ray McLeod. They've used undersized guys before. So wouldn't it shock me. Um,
0: what What they, I had heard was – Pickens is the replacement for Claypool, and their sure. plan is for um Calvin Austin to be the replacement for Deontay Johnson.
1: Uh yeah, I mean I I could I could buy that. It just Calvin Austin's undersized. I mean, and granted, this is a new age NFL, but I mean he's really little. I mean, I think he's if uh, top of my head, I'm not gonna open him up. 5'8, 170 for him. I mean, that's that's a little too little. I mean, he was listed as five nine one sixty two in college. I mean, so he's just, he's a track guy who Memphis just finds a way to get athletes in space. So I unfortunately just don't think he'll ever be anything of significance from a fantasy football perspective, but it's a good NFL pick. I guess probably the last guy I'd want to talk about was pick five in round five. Buffalo Bills took Khalil Shakir who a lot of people have mentioned his name. And there's opportunity for Shakir with those Buffalo Bills. They don't have a ton of depth. I mean, they they ink digs to an extension. We all love Gabriel Davis. They have uh, Jameson Crowder there. But there's really not much behind him. Isaiah McKenzie's gone. Cole Beasley's gone. I mean, Shakir should probably be the wide receiver four in this offense. Yeah. And, in and short I, order. And could pip
0: Jameson Crowder real easy. You'll have to double-check but um, I'm pretty sure I had heard that Buffalo ran or, or was among the league leaders in four wide sets. So mm-hmm. maybe out there. And, and again, you know, we say this all the time. If you're an opposing defense, who are you stopping? <laughs> you're not. It's not him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, and
1: a good pick to just insulate Gabriel Davis in, in his value in all the places I have him because Shakira is not going to offset him, you know, but they're not going to be bringing in any veterans. You know, I, I wouldn't think at this time, but like the player and, you know, a, a decent landing spot. Then there's a few more pick guys. I mean, Jalen Naylor to the Vikings. Not That's the only
0: depth. guy I've got circled. I liked him coming in yeah, yeah. Michigan state guy, right? I liked him coming yeah. in. I, the, the only question with that is, <sighs> what does Minnesota's offense look like whenever they finally get rid of cousins? Like, you know, we, we talked about the narrow distribution tree. We, we mentioned it again earlier, but everything goes to, <laughs> to Thielen and to Jefferson. So does that continue with a new coach with a new quarterback at some point? So that's the thing that scares me, but I think he's the most talented guy on the team if Thielen were to Age out suddenly, or move on, in uh, you know another year or two, which is definitely going to happen. I, I think he would leapfrog KJ Osborne pretty easily, personally. But well, I love you KJ know, Osborne. But so, at that yeah. point, what's the you know what's the offense going to look like? Yeah, he mean, could yeah, if, if change, right? <laughs> yeah, because even if let's say you're a KJ Osborne guy, a different scheme in place with a different quarterback, there, there's a world where. Naylor and Osborne are out there while teams are double team in Jefferson and they can both be productive for fantasy. But what does this offense look like? What does it look like whenever cousins is gone or even with cousins there and the new scheme coming in with uh, the new coach coming from the Rams? So there's a lot of question marks, but again, we're talking guys that you're taking in the fifth. You're going to have a hard time telling me for, you know, back into the fifth round, Anyone else has as much upside or tied to a better offense than him? I mean, not really. Like, you know, a lot of the other names you'd mentioned, I'd take him over Valus Jones. I'll take him over Eric Ezukanama. So there are guys that, to me, he represents a lot more upside, and that's kind of what you're always going to be swinging for at the end of the drafts.
1: Yeah, don't disagree. Um, I, I like KJ Osborne better than him. I think KJ is a little underrated, but you know, Thielens not long uh, for the Vikings or the NFL. I mean, at his age, probably a year or two. I, I think somehow his contract almost guarantees him two more years, which I thought was strange because I looked yeah. that up recently. But yeah, uh, just kudos to the Thielen family agent, agent. for, for <laughs> locking up that deal well before uh Zimmer left town, but you know, Nalen will be a slow burn. And then the only other guys that dra- got draft capital, who it, a lot of people I think thought were going earlier, Bo Melton went to the Seattle Seahawks late. He's just buried, you know, in, in the short term. I just read, you know, there was a DK Metcalf was interviewed by Shannon Sharp recently. And he pretty much indicated he's going to be in Seattle for a long time. Like there's a deal in the works for him. And, you know, so that plus short term Tyler Lockett, plus everything that's going on there. I mean, Bo Melton, unfortunately is, is just buried there. And then the guy that I'd liked who got the draft capital, derek Young out of Lenore Ryan, went to the Seahawks as well, four picks later. So they, they're, they're picking upside receivers in the seventh round. This kid just is a get the ball in his hands type player, but again, landed in probably one of the worst possible spots for creativity in the short yeah. term and outlook for a seventh round pick. So yeah, not a lot to be had there. And then, you don't want to go dumpster diving outside of Justin Ross in the UDFA pool as far as these receivers are concerned with so many being drafted.
0: No. Yeah. yeah I so. agree, agree completely. Yeah, it's, it's pretty – it's very obviously extremely top-heavy this year. But as we go through it, there are a couple guys that I think you could come out of feeling – better about yourself than i think you thought of uh you know when the draft came to an end like as as this was going down and i was starting to do my rankings i was like oh my god who would i even take here but the more we've kind of talked about it a little bit and I, i went through the rankings there's enough guys that i'm like well you know if you're throwing a dart on hassan haskins with 404 yeah, you can you do can a lot, lot worse, worse than that. Yep. yep that's
1: that's how we're going to button it up. You could do <laughs> a lot worse than Hassan Haskins be John, you know, in unison uh, at the 404. But yeah, I mean, quarterback ended up as ugly as we thought. Running back was as, probably as top heavy as we assumed, even though there's value to be had late. Receivers, the position to target is that, you know, we were talking about Mechie being a mid-second round pick. There's value to be had at the receiver position and tight end. Is all slow burn as it as it always is, but a couple interesting names bubbling up with Jelani Woods Draft Capital, Daniel Bellinger, and even Kate Otten with landing spots. So on that, Johnny, we
0: somehow still went long. Get us out of here. Be sure to come back next week for our post-draft rankings extravaganza. But for today, little draft recap for myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40, get four days for free. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Expand that box score, motherfuckers. Out! Sweet. right. right. My wife's, I think somebody's coming, family's coming over at some point, I don't know, so. Alright, well, let's
1: rock and fucking roll. All right, so we're not doing rankings. We're just talking about the draft? Yeah, dude, right.
0: I mean, give it I'm a I'm
1: okay with it. I mean, it's, it's, I heard someone else talk about how, like, I'm going to give my perspective on the rounds of picks, but I'm not going to give you my rankings. Well, one, because they are trying to push their Patreon, but yeah, <laughs> let things settle a little bit. I think there's some Like right I
0: said, I, I think.
1: But it's just like, this is like, I'm in like four rookie drafts already. And have oh, like yeah. two more coming up this weekend. Like, if we wait too long to
0: re-rank, they're not going to be, they're going to be irrelevant. I mean, anyway. I think I think doing it next week is fine. Yeah, like I mean, like, you, I mean we're, we're going to give st- our snap most reaction. Most psychopaths are not; <laughs> 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 they don't start, you know, Saturday morning like some people's do. Because if we record, <laughs> I got to look at my calendar. But if we record next Monday and it comes out Wednesday, a lot of people start the week after, and it's not like their picks are flying off the board. They might still be in it, and and to be fair, I I don't think we have anything groundbreaking in our rankings that nobody else has, especially this year. You know what I mean? It's all everything about our rank is this groundbreaking. Well, it's very possible. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're good if we do it next week. Okay. Yeah. Works for me. Cause I, mine
1: aren't all buttoned up. I'm still moving some guys around, but yeah, so let's ride. So I have NFL.com pulled up and I just have their, their draft picks in and we can filter it by player. And we can kind of just roll through because it shows where they're picked and all rather than trying to scroll through the entire draft okay. to, to find where it's at. So we'll just go right in quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then probably not a lot to talk about with tight end. But <sighs> let's rock this motherfucker. Right. <clears throat> no. ah!